This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. First, let's move away from the naming of streets and what have you and deal with this. Now, the Competition Commission has launched an investigation into the global sportswear giant Nike after independent retailers complained that uh, the company is refusing to allow them to sell official Springbok rugby uh, replica jerseys. Now, due to, the, uh, to rights issues, only a small number of retailers are allowed to stock them. And in South Africa, uh, that means that uh, the SA Rugby Shop, Total Sport, to- Studio 88, and Sportsman's Warehouse are the only ones that currently have the right to sell, to stock um, the Springbok jersey. Uh, Nike, who are the sole manufacturer and distributor of the Springbok jersey, uh, permits only selected outlets uh, to stock the, rep- the rugby replica goods. Let's speak to competition law specialist and partner at uh, Weber Wenzel, uh, Claire Alice uh, Virtue. Good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Morning, TT. Thanks for having me. You know, I have thought on the face of this, but hang on. This seems to be like a bit normal practice that uh, a exclusivity is secured. I mean, obviously, at a price in certain instances here. Are Nike, as the makers of this product, not entitled to decide who gets to sell it? That's a pretty good observation, TD. So we see this more and more. Um, and you see quite a lot of these exclusivity agreements with in um, luxury brands or specialized technical products. Mm. So as a producer of, let's say, a Nike um, or any other kind of specialized product, um, you obviously have the right to decide where you want to where you want to distribute your goods, um, and you might want to control the way that your goods are displayed mm. in order to really preserve this idea of a luxury brand. And these um, these types of challenges are not new to Nike, so we know that they've defended their distribution model um, in the U.S. Uh, many years ago. Um, they've also faced um, a complaint in South Africa, um, I think, uh, some ten years ago now, um, and those and those complaints haven't really been, ever succeeded. And the reason why it's quite a difficult case to make to to bring a competition law complaint against someone like Nike mm. for having a selective distribution model um, is because of what competition law really aims to protect, right? So maybe let's use sports terms since we're dealing with rugby here. Mm. Um, competition law doesn't, uh, isn't a tool for kind of uh, what, one of the players. What competition law seeks to do is to ensure an even playing field. So the playing fields, you know, are not slanted towards one, one side or the other so that the strongest teams can mm. compete and the strongest players um, will succeed and that the game is kind of good to watch or fair, fair for the market participants. Mm. So it, in the, creating this healthy market environment, um, there'd be a balance of interests um, and we'd expect that prices, prices would come down and quality of goods would go up. And for that reason, it would be quite difficult to show that there's that um, the inability to access, they say, Nike's uh, apparel yeah. had some type of impact on the player, which stopped them from playing. So, who are our players here? Let's say they are the big sports stores. So, what what has been the impact on these stores? And they they are clearly very disgruntled that they can't um, can't access. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
can't, can't access uh, a specific jersey. Um, but, but what what real impact has that had on their business? And that's what the Competition Commission is going to be investigating. Yeah. In fact, one could even argue that uh, Nike are prejudicing themselves because uh, if they can get themselves into as many stores as possible, then they would sell more jerseys. Mm. So some companies, and usually almost in earlier days, you'd have that intensive distribution model oh. where you say, well, I want to get my product out in front of everyone as um, as often as possible, and I want to make sure that whenever someone goes to go buy a jersey, one of my jerseys should sit next to them as an option. Right. But when you, what you see with luxury goods or with almost this um, limited edition type goods is that what you really want to make sure is that you're preserving the value of your brand. Mm. You're trying to create this impression that your brand is, is, um, is sought after. There's also the benefit, I guess, as a consumer. You can say, well, if I, want, if I know I specifically want this Nike um, jersey, I'd rather go to you know one place where I know I'll always get it because I know it's, you know it's very well known to me that the place where you get these goods is um, a specific branded store. So there could be some benefit to consumers and that certainty, especially where things are you know a, it's known as like a limited edition um, type of a goods. It could also help you. It could also help prevent um, fraudulent, uh, you know, mm. um, kind of the, the, these ripoff shirts. Mm. Um, because if Nike only has a certain number of distributors um, and I know if I go there, I'm going to get a real shirt and I can better monitor those. So there are a couple of different um, benefits um, to the consumers as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, this one, essentially, I mean, as you say, uh, the Competition Commission is going to have to look at whether Nike in doing this uh, are stopping anybody else or are hindering anybody else's right to compete. That's right. And mm. and also, what impact is it having on the stores? Yes. So, um, what do we see here? <clears throat> so, at the moment, I mean, maybe, and, and this turquoise, uh, this new turquoise gear is maybe a good example. So, um, I enjoy the color as much as anyone else. But if I need a shirt to go away to a bar, um, I'm probably going to favor maybe one of the old school supporter jerseys. Mm. And I'd want a proper green and gold shirt. And I wouldn't be too concerned if it's the official official way. Um, and so the question is, how much is the lack of having Nike products on the shelves impacting these um, these yeah. sports stores? Mm. Um, how much is it impacting their bottom line when you take it in, into account everything else that they carry and take into account even the alternative Rugby World Cup way? Mm. Um, and and that would be quite um, that would be quite a challenging case to, to make, I think. Mm. Um, and so there's quite an investigation to be had. Thank you so much, Claire Alice Virtue, who is a competition law specialist, is also partnered with Pencil. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.